with this story, a lot of people considering uh, whether the city should buy a house or not. Why? Because the uh, what they think might be the oldest oak tree in Toronto, 350 years old is an estimate, is growing right beside this tree and apparently growing uh, near the uh, foundation of the tree. The owner says, you know, the, the the foundation of the house, the owner says it could cost about sixty to $80,000 you know, to deal with it. It's it's threatening his uh, structural integrity of the house and really kind of, you know, wants the, the house to be purchased if that's the only thing it's, it, you know, if, if there's, if he can't cut the tree down because it's a heritage tree. Uh, the tree is about 24 meters tall with a circumference of five meters and it, uh, it frames the bungalow with its expansive branches. It's a beautiful tree. It really is. But let's talk about this. We're joined now by Mark Graves, who's the president of Oak Tree Care. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Kelly. It's good to be here. Thanks for being here. Now, Mark, uh, this tree uh, is a red oak tree. Give us a crash course on red oaks. Like, what's the average lifespan of a red oak? And, you know, how large do they usually get? Are they common in the in the Toronto area? So with red oak trees, uh, they are one of the preferred plantings recommended by the city of Toronto. If you're planting a tree in an urban habitat, they are a very resilient tree within the urban habitat, and it's not uncommon for them to reach heights of 50, 60 feet tall and 30, 40 feet wide. Uh, They can be a long-growing tree. They are one of the better candidates to have a longer life in the urban setting. With any tree, as long as they have a sufficient root zone to grow, which obviously this tree, if it survived 300 years, does. Mm -hmm. And uh, the setting is proper, uh, good nourishment, which was obviously provided by the previous homeowner. Trees can live three, four, five, six hundred years. There's documented evidence in the uh, natural setting of trees growing in excess of uh, a thousand years. What about an urban setting? What's the oldest uh, red oak that you've come in contact with? I know, short of cutting it down and counting the rings, it would just be a guesstimate, I guess. Yeah, a lot of it's a guesstimate. There are some good tools out there that can be used to get a pretty accurate uh, estimate of the age. So I'm not sure if that's been used on the tree. However, uh, for uh, the tree itself, uh, 300 years old would be a very significant uh, tree. Normally... We're lucky to see trees reach 100, 150 years old just because of the environment. Constant construction, urban stresses like compaction. Um, very rarely do we get a tree that's on a private property that uh, that would last as long as this one has. So uh, there's obviously been uh, care taken in the past by our predecessors mm-hmm. to ensure the uh, safety, vi- viability and uh, uh, future historic value of this tree. Uh, the red oak being one of the preferred trees, as you said, for the city of Toronto that uh, they'd like you to plant. Why is that? What, do they, are they a good shade tree? Why would they be preferred? Uh, trees really uh, are brought in from the natural setting to adapt into the urban setting. So if we take a look at how a tree grows in its natural habitat and then relate that back to the urban setting, that gives us an idea generally of how well a tree will do. So a tree in a natural setting, some trees are designed to grow for 50 to 100 years, uh, fall apart very quickly to provide nourishment for future generations that will come through. If you look at uh, what we often refer to as forest succession, some of those uh, final stage trees like sugar maple or white oak, uh, we wouldn't see them existing at at the start of the forest uh, 
uh, development phase. Uh, they tend to come in later on after um, faster growing, uh, more resilient uh, uh, trees that can compete with grass begin the uh, forest uh, growth. Like your so Norway maple? Uh, so Norway maple would be an example of a fast-growing, yep. weak-wooded tree that's yep. designed to get the forest started. A red oak would be more of a transition tree. It does have some characteristics of that uh, um, first stage or pioneer stage, as it's sometimes referenced. Uh, but it's kind of designed to be middle of the road. It comes in behind the poplars and the willows to begin to start a, a longer-term forest succession, if you will. And then in behind it is where we get the white oaks and the sugar maples. So that's, uh, that's why red oak is a good urban setting tree, is it can take some of the abuses that we find of poor soil, uh, lack of uh, oxygen due to compaction, where if we put that up against, say, a sugar maple, sugar maple is another preferred tree within the city of Toronto as a native tree. However, we have to choose our sites where we plant a sugar maple because it's not as resilient as the red oak. I was shocked to find the the city designated heritage trees. I didn't know that that happened. How common is that? I don't come across it a lot. Uh, I've come across it a few times when homeowners have, uh, you know, purchased a property or are wanting to expand on their current residence. And as we go through the permit application process, we learn that the tree has some type of heritage designation. Um, it's usually not that well publicized. I couldn't tell you exactly how many trees are designated heritage, but, uh, um, certainly for ones that have been around for a number of years, like this red oak, it's reasonable to, um, to classify them as heritage trees or apply to have them, uh, designated as heritage trees. If there are roots under this foundation, you know, I'm talking very generally here. If you took the house down, could it harm a tree? Sure it could, depending upon how they how the house is removed, um, you know, can dictate what damage is done to the root system. Now, if you wanted to preserve this tree, as mentioned in the article, for maybe a park-like setting, um, there are, the removal of the house does not have to be expedited or quick. You can do, you know, a slow removal of the foundation, protecting the root system as you go. But keep in mind, too, that this tree has adapted to the house being there for many years. So there's other aspects that come into play, not only when you just remove the foundation of the house, but now you have to backfill it. What type of soil do you backfill it with? Um, Are you going to be, as you're backfilling the soil, are you going to uh, create issues with uh, water and oxygen integration to the root system because it's used to a certain amount? with the foundation being there and now you're going to cover it back up theoretically you know the 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 root system has grown around the concrete uh so it's only getting what minimal oxygen and water exchange is there but when you're backfilling it the tree it's a new setting in that area the tree will adapt to it how it sees fit sometimes it's a good adaptation to the site sometimes it doesn't adapt as well now with the soil volume that appears to be in the picture there uh i don't expect it would be a major blip to the root system provided the root system is damaged when the foundation is removed